Welcome back to The World's Game, a World Cup podcast. The Men's World Cup is over, but now it's time for the women. I'm going to have Women's World Cup episodes all summer long, breaking down all the storylines and all the fun. My name is Peter Roman. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And let's dive right in. Welcome to The World's Game, a World Cup podcast. Thank you so much for listening in. This is going to be part two of my in-depth preview episodes. Part one, if you haven't listened, is already up there, so make sure you go and give that a listen. And part two is coming on the way. Again, I apologize this wasn't out earlier. Again, my schedule's just been kind of crazy over the last, like, 48, 72 hours or so. And so, unfortunately, the first group I'm going to get started with is Group E, and there's already been a game played from that group, which was the United States versus Vietnam, which I will have plenty to say about in a live reaction episode. But it was, um, I mean, full credit to Vietnam. I think they they hung in there. They really did. They competed, and, you know, that's the best team in the world that they're facing. So, bravo to the Vietnamese team. But... I'll have more on that in a live reaction episode that I'm hoping to record tomorrow, Canadian time. We'll, we'll see how it goes, but I'm hoping I'll have time to record it. And if not, then sometime on Sunday. So let's dive into part two of my in-depth preview, starting, of course, with the group I just mentioned, Group E. We have the United States, Netherlands, Portugal, and Vietnam. So Group E could be pretty straightforward like on paper this group seems pretty easy oh well United States and Netherlands were the World Cup finalists in 2019 and Portugal are making their first time Portugal and Vietnam I should say are both making their debuts at this Women's World Cup so you know that probably should take care of itself of course things are never that simple but let's dive into the teams so starting with the United States they're obviously the big favorites in this tournament. They are the two-time defending champions and are seeking a very unprecedented three-peat, something that's never been done on the men's or women's side of the World Cup. So, a lot of history the United States are trying to play for. The U.S. are kind of in a weird spot right now just with their team because they're kind of in a transition between eras where Alex Morgan and Megan Rapino are still on the team but they have a lot of young players that they're trying to kind of turn the team over to just because obviously they're the future. And, you know, you want the young players to be able to get the experience, but also go out and actually win the whole thing. So the U.S. are in a little bit of a weird place. It is a pretty different team than the one that won in 15. And it is a little bit different than the one that won in 19. So we'll have to wait and see how that all shakes out but very excited to see a lot of young players getting their opportunities on the biggest stage so despite the you know new players in the team the united states should still be the favorites they still have top end quality throughout the throughout the entire squad and yeah there's it would be very surprising to see them not finish first in this group and the reason for that i'm going to get to because the netherlands are up next so the Netherlands, they finished runners-up in 2019, making the World Cup final. Unfortunately for them, they lost to the United States. 
in that final. Unfortunately, this time around, it's going to be a little bit harder for them to actually make the final itself. See, the Netherlands, their best player is Viviani Miedema. And Miedema, unfortunately, tore her ACL. She is a... She is another casualty of the ACL injury stuff that's been going on in women's football. I talked about that a little bit in the part one preview about how there's a lot of players dealing with ACL injuries that, you know, couldn't make the World Cup, and it sucks. And Miedema's another example of this. It's awful. Like, Miedema, she is a top, top striker who plays for Arsenal, and she's not there. And that sucks because it really... Here's the thing, okay? The Netherlands still have more than enough good players to get out of the group and maybe even win a round or two. But when you're talking about winning the World Cup, when you're talking about winning the whole thing, it's really hard if you don't have your best player. So we'll have to see how they manage without Minima in this World Cup, but they still probably have enough quality to get through because they do have other good players throughout the squad, one of which I'll name in my players to watch section. Next up is Portugal. So Portugal, like I said, are making their tournament debut. Portugal kind of had to go the long way to qualify for the World Cup. They just edged out Serbia for second place in qualifying, and then they beat uh, Cameroon thanks to a last-minute goal from Carol Costa, and that was in the World Cup qualifying playoffs that took place earlier this year. So despite being a late addition to the tournament, Portugal should still feel confident that they can at least compete in this group. Portugal did pretty well at the European Championships, having, you know, very close games against some top opposition, and I think that's a real stepping stone for this team to try and take into the World Cup, where obviously they're hoping they can upset the Netherlands. Would be incredibly shocking if they upset the United States, but, you know, there's at least some belief in there in this Portuguese team, and I think there should be. So we'll see how it goes for this Portuguese team in their first World Cup, but very excited to watch them nonetheless. And then finally, we have Vietnam. So Vietnam, I was a little worried Vietnam might get totally killed today against the United States. Like I mentioned, they played really well. And so this Vietnamese team, obviously, will not be pushed over. They will compete. They will fight in every game. It's still going to be really tough for them to actually qualify out of this group, but this isn't a Thailand situation. Vietnam is absolutely here to play at their first ever World Cup, which, by the way, for the, all the first-time debutants, it is a celebration that they made it here because this is how you grow the game by getting more exposure, and then hopefully that leads to more funding, which can hopefully lead to, you know, kind of the knock-on effect of your national team gets better kind of by proxy with more funding and more investment and just people caring about it more kind of thing so Vietnam will be fun to watch them in their final two games and we'll see how they do ultimately with this group though like I said it's probably the United States and Netherlands but never say never you never know when an upset could happen my players to watch for this group we have for the United States, I listed Alex Morgan as my player to watch. She is still one of the better strikers in the world. She is also a World Cup veteran. She's been on the team. I believe this is her fourth World Cup now, and obviously was in the final in 2011, one in 2015, and one in 2019. Morgan is still just a prolific goal scorer. 
And, you know, if the United States are going to win the whole thing, she'll probably need to come up with some big-time goals, just like she did in the 2019 tournament. My next player to watch is Jill Roord of the Netherlands. Again, if I butcher any of these names in my player to watch sections, I sincerely apologize. I try my best with these. I'm not great at pronouncing names, so I apologize if I butcher any of these. But Roord is probably the Dutch best player, like now that Miedema is not in the tournament anymore. And she was a player that the Dutch really relied on at the European Championships. I thought she had a really good tournament for them. And they're going to need that again. They really are. She will be an integral piece to that attacking play, the, w the way the Dutch want to play going forward. And I think she will be the one to keep an eye on for sure. Especially, you know, it always sucks when you lose your best player. But others have to step up. And she is the first name on the list of players that need to step up. Next up, we have Hung Nu. Again, I apologize if I butchered that. She is a Vietnamese player and happens to be the first Vietnamese player to ever go play in Europe, so that's a really big deal. And she is the all-time leading national goal scorer for the Vietnamese national team. So, that's awesome. Nu is a very important player for this team, as I just mentioned. And, you know, if Vietnam is to pull off some kind of crazy upset in this group stage, don't be surprised if she's one of the reasons they do that. And then my final player to watch, we have Jessica Silva of Benfica, also obviously Portuguese. Silva is coming off a breakout season for the Portuguese champions, and she's a player that I think, very dynamic player, very exciting player to watch. And so, you know, she's coming off the best season of her life. Let's, she, let's see if she can carry that over into the World Cup. And that's it. That's all I got for Group E. On to Group F. All right, Group F. So we have France, Brazil, Jamaica, and Panama. I mentioned in the last group how it might appear pretty straightforward. This group really appears straightforward because France and Brazil are quite easily the most talented teams in this group and probably should qualify with ease. But of course, in tournaments like these, like I always keep saying, never say never. These tournaments always have upsets. You never know when they're going to strike. But let's dive into the teams. So we're going to start with France. France are probably the favorites in this group, but definitely don't count out Brazil for first place. Unfortunately, though, for France, they are missing a couple of really key players, specifically Amadine Henri and Delphine Cascarino. Cascarino, very important attacking player. Henri, one of their best midfielders. So that is tough for this French team. And they also lost Marie Antoinette Catoto, their best striker. So a lot of firepower missing for the French, but they do have quite a bit of depth, which is good. And that will be heavily relied on in this tournament because France do come in with, I think, some real expectations that they can go really far in this tournament, and rightfully so. The question will be for this French team is that can they finally just bring it all together? Because they've been the very talented team in the women's game, that just hasn't been able to actually like threaten for a major trophy. At least not yet. Maybe this could be the year for them. We'll have to wait and see. But for France, they hosted the last World Cup. They ended up making the quarterfinals. Lost a tough game in the United States. Honestly, there's no shame in that. I mean, the U.S. are 
they won the whole thing. They won the whole damn thing. Like, they're the champions. France played them tough, just didn't go their way on the day, right? We'll see how it goes this time around. This group's actually really interesting, though, because whoever finishes second is probably going to have to play Germany. So if you're France and Brazil, definitely probably got to win this group. That's for sure, because you don't want to play Germany in the round of 16. Absolutely not. Speaking of Brazil, let's do them next. So, Brazil are coming into this tournament kind of at the dawn of a new generation. Their previous generation, as successful as they were, sadly never really won a major trophy. And they came really close, mostly on the back of Marta, who I'm going to talk about here in a bit. But this new Brazilian team, it's mostly new players that have come through over the last World Cup cycle, over the last four years. So... It's not the most experienced group for Brazil, but it is a very talented group for Brazil. And this is gonna be Marta's last World Cup. Marta is one of the best players of all time, and she's been carrying this Brazilian, like, entire football federation on her back for the last, like, 10, 15 years. So maybe finally she has some run support this time around, and that would be awesome to see because just like Christine Sinclair of Canada, Brazil is hoping that they can do one final run with their superstar, similar to what Argentina did for Messi at the 2022 World Cup. So we'll have to wait and see, but Brazil, very exciting team to watch, and we'll see if they can beat out France for top spot in the group. The other two teams in this group. So we have Jamaica and we have Panama. Both of these teams play in CONCACAF, so they are pretty familiar with each other. It's not, it's actually really rare that you'd ever get two non-European teams in the same group together, which I just thought of. So that's kind of cool. But unfortunately, it won't be easy for these two teams. Jamaica, probably the better team, considering they finished third place in CONCACAF, which isn't super easy. Like, it definitely is impressive that they beat the teams they were supposed to beat to get there. But CONCACAF, as I've mentioned in my part one episode, it's not exactly super deep as far as talent in the women's game once you get past Canada and the United States. And speaking of Canada and the United States, Jamaica lost 5-0 to the U.S. and 3-0 to Canada. And when you consider the fact that they have to play France and Brazil, doesn't bode super well for the fact that they didn't do super well against good opposition. So, it will be tough sledding for Jamaica and that's not only an on the field issue so another installment of me talking about how football federations in the women's game tend to suck well Jamaica's the next um, award winner in this award that no one wants to win because Jamaica has a very very sad and upsetting story about their World Cup journey so the Federation decided to really just not support their women's team. And this is true, by the way. Jamaica ended up setting up a GoFundMe account to try and help with operating costs for the World Cup. Now, there are a lot of words I would like to use to describe how I feel about that. But a lot of them are probably, I'd have to bleep them out. And so, yeah, Jamaica's Football Federation, it was so sad that they couldn't support their team properly. Their team decided, you know what? 
instead of relying on our football federation, let's rely on the kindness of strangers in a GoFundMe. I mean, that is incredibly sad, but also incredibly upsetting. Like, what on earth are we doing here? What are we doing here? Get a grip. That's what I say to the Jamaican National Federation. Get a grip. All right, on to Panama. So, Panama, they had to make it through the playoffs, the World like Cup qualifying playoffs, and they didn't do super well in qualifying because they finished third in their group and they ended up making it just barely as one of the third place, as the only third place team, I should clarify. And, you know, they only lost one nothing to Canada, so I guess that's a good thing, but they also lost 3 nothing to Costa Rica, less of a good thing. They ended up beating both Papua New Guinea and Paraguay to advance to the World Cup. Not exactly world beaters, but, you know, still had to win those games to even make it. So, again, like I mentioned with a lot of these teams, it's still an accomplishment. It's still something to be proud of. I just, it's a really hard sell for me to see Panama, like, really doing anything to threat to threaten Brazil or France in this tournament. But, again, you never know. We'll have to wait and see. On to the players to watch. So, for Brazil, it is Marta. Although, if I had to pick a non-Marta player, it would be Dabinia for sure. Dabinia is probably their best player at the moment. But, of course, Marta is the legend. She is one of the best players of all time. And the all-time leading World Cup goal scorer. Marta, this is her sixth World Cup. Again, that's crazy. That's six World Cups. So, she is the living legend of this Brazilian program. She is the leader of this Brazilian program. She is the heart and soul of this Brazilian program. Can they get one more run in? Can they try and win a all-worldly trophy in the World Cup? We'll have to wait and see. Should be exciting. My next player to watch is Caradiato Diani. Again, I apologize if I butcher names. Diani is probably France's most important attacking player now that with the injuries that I mentioned earlier on. So, Diani's coming off a tremendous season for PSG. She, she scored almost a goal per game this past season, so that's extremely impressive. Diani's very dynamic. She's a very, very good player. And, you know, France, they want to finally kind of make that really deep run that they've been waiting. It feels like they've been on the verge of doing for a while. They just haven't been able to do. Diani is a player that can get them over the hump and maybe get this team to the semifinals. My next player to watch is Khadija Shaw. Shaw is probably the best player on the Jamaican national team. If Jamaica has any hope of pulling off an upset, Khadija will probably be an integral reason why. She also happens to play for Manchester City in the WSL. So that's no easy feat at all. She is playing in one of the best leagues in the world. And then finally, my last player to watch is Marta Cox. She's a very important midfielder for the Panamanian team, and she scored two humongous goals for this team during the World Cup qualifying in order to help her country advance to the World Cup itself. So, Marta Cox, my player to watch for Panama. And that's it for Group F. Moving on to Group G. Group G and Group H are both very similar in the sense that they have one heavyweight 
and a bunch of teams very optimistic and hopeful that they can be the ones getting that second spot. So in Group G, we have Sweden, Italy, Argentina, and South Africa. Sweden is definitely the heavyweight in this group. Sweden, they're the Olympic silver medalists. They lost to Canada in a shootout in that Olympic final. Sweden, in some ways, the best way I can describe them is they're basically the women's equivalent of the Dutch men's team. And when I say that, I mean Sweden is always very successful. They always have some of the best players in the world. They always, always are in the mix to win the whole thing. But they have yet to win any of the big trophies. They have not won an Olympic gold despite coming close. They have not won a World Cup despite coming close. So, could this be the year for Sweden? Obviously, we'll have to wait and see. But their group should be pretty straightforward for them. Italy, Argentina, South Africa are not pushovers, but they're also not world beaters. And Sweden should comfortably get first place in this group. If they don't, there should be real concern with this Swedish team. So, can Sweden finally win one of the big trophies? Maybe. We'll have to wait and see. Next up is Italy. So, Italy are kind of in a bit of a rough patch at the moment, just because since their quarterfinal appearance in 2019 at the World Cup in France, they did really bad at the Euros. And I'm talking last place in their group bad at the Euros. So they lost 5-1 to France. Not great. They lost 1-0 to Belgium. Belgium didn't even qualify for the World Cup. And they drew Iceland. Now, Iceland are not a good women's team. But they didn't, they didn't even beat Iceland. It was a very sad European Championships for the Italians. So it's a new year. It's a chance to make amends for what was an awful tournament for them last summer. And they have the players to do it. They definitely have the players to rebound and finish second in this group. Will they do it? That's another question. Because one of the teams looking to beat the Italians to second place is Argentina. So, Argentina have never made the knockout stage at a Women's World Cup. They'll, they will be hoping this can be their year. Argentina finished third place at the Copa America in 2022. And, you know, they definitely, I think, should be optimistic about their chances. They ended up losing 1-0 to Colombia in the semifinals of that tournament. And they lost 4-0 to Brazil, which isn't great. But, you know, that just means Sweden's probably going to be really tough for them to beat. But Sweden's going to be tough for everybody be to beat. And so, if you're Argentina, you look at that game against Italy, you look at that game against South Africa, and you have to at least like your chances of potentially winning the game and maybe making a little bit of history along the way. And then we have South Africa. South Africa are actually kind of an exciting team to watch because Africa, it's, it's tough with Africa because the women's teams are so low ranked that it's really hard for them to get favorable draws. South Africa probably got the most favorable draw. And I think South Africa is Africa's best chance at getting a team to qualify for the knockout stages. South Africa are also Africa Cup of Nations champions. They won AFCON in Morocco, beating the hosts in the final. And so 
They have a lot of confidence. They clearly know how to play in big tournaments. And now, can they... Can they make a little history themselves? Can they make the knockout stages for the first time in their history as well? Will be exciting to watch. South Africa, Italy, Argentina. This group will be exciting just because those three teams, I think, all truly believe that they can actually make the knockout rounds. And I think they're all right about that. So that's exciting. All right. And then our, my players to watch in this group. So... My players to watch, starting with Sweden, we have Fridolina Rolfo. Rolfo was one of the Ballon d'Or nominees and just, you know, in general, one of Sweden's best players. Rolfo will be an important member of this team, especially because, like I mentioned, Sweden trying to win the thing for the first time ever, despite, you know, quite often being the bridesmaid and never the bride. Next, we have Estefania Banini for Argentina. Banini plays for Atletico Madrid in Spain. She is a very dynamic playmaker, a very experienced player, and she is a player that will be super, super important for this Argentina team as they attempt to make history. Next up, we have Cristina Girelli of Italy. Girelli is one of many members of the Juventus club team in Italy. Juventus make up, I think, most of this Italian squad, if I remember correctly. And Girelli, she's one of the best goal scorers on this team. And so, you know, obviously you need to score goals to win games. Girelli will be an important factor in that. And then finally, we have Hilda Magia. I'm really sorry if that was horribly pronounced. She is from South Africa. And she happens to be a very important player for this team. She actually scored both goals in the World or in the excuse me, the Africa Cup of Nations final against Morocco. So she scored the game-winning goal and scored another one in addition for this South African team. So we know she's a big game player. And if she can step up in this World Cup and score some big goals like she did at AFCON, then South Africa might be dancing their way into the Narana 16. And that's it. That's all I got for Group G. On to Group H. Group H, we have Germany, Colombia, South Korea, and Morocco. So, like Group G, this group has one big heavyweight, and it's Germany. Germany should easily win this group. I would be shocked if Germany didn't win this group. And, you know, like with Sweden, there should be real concern if they don't win this group. Germany, they feel like a team that everything is coming together for them. They have a young generation that has started to, you know, slowly inch towards their prime. And they still have some veterans along the way to help guide the young players. This feels like a team that is perfectly balanced. Despite an injury to their starting left back, Gwyn, they still have a ton of depth. They have great players throughout the squad. A lot of them play for Wolfsburg, so a lot of them are familiar with each other. There's really no excuse for Germany. Germany came second place at the European Championships last summer against England. They lost to England in the final. England were obviously the host nation, though, so they did have that going for them. For Germany, there's no excuse. They have a lot of expectation on them. 
They haven't won the World Cup since 2007. This is as good a shot as any to win their third and their first since 07. So, Germany, this is, a, this is an exciting team. This is a team that I would be really shocked if they didn't make a deep run in this tournament. Next up, we have South Korea. So, South Korea, just like the other teams in this group, should feel that they could qualify in second place. South Korea has kind of started to become a regular at the Women's World Cup. This is their third appearance in a row, and they will be hoping for more of what happened in 2015 as opposed to what happened in 2019. In 2015, they made it out of the group stage. In 2019, they did not. Obviously, they're hoping for more of a repeat of the former rather than the latter. South Korea were also runners-up at the Asian Cup in 2022, and they lost to China in the final, which kind of sucks, but at the same time, you can take a lot of confidence from that in those performances, especially because they beat both Australia and the Philippines to make that final. So, South Korea, a lot of optimism, as they should, and I can't wait to see them play at the World Cup this year. Next up, we have Colombia. Colombia is probably South America's best shot at a team making the knockout rounds that isn't Brazil. And Colombia have a lot of reasons to be optimistic. Colombia finished second place at the Copa America, losing to Brazil in the final 1-0. Close game, though. And they beat Argentina in the semifinals, and they dominated their group. So, there's a lot of reasons why they should feel very optimistic about that. And, of course, South Korea and Morocco aren't exactly world beaters, even if Germany is. So, Colombia, they're a fun team. Can they get that second place spot? We'll have to wait and see. And then finally, we have Morocco, the last team in my preview. So, Morocco, they're making the World Cup debut. This is going to be a tough group for them because I think South Korea and Colombia are both better teams than Morocco. But Morocco did make the final of the Africa Cup of Nations. They were the hosts, but, you know, it's still something you can take, right? There's lessons learned, and there's, you know things you can build on to go into this World Cup as well with the Moroccan team. So, you know, Morocco should feel that they can compete in at least two of the games. Again, I don't know if they can compete against Germany, but they should be able to at least compete against Colombia and against South Korea. And, as I always mention, you never know. Maybe there's an upset coming or two. But, Morocco, very happy they're making their World Cup debut and another country that I hope will continue to grow, especially because their men's team, you know, coming off the semifinal performance, it was such a great run. And now let's hope the women's team can, you know, not obviously, the women's team is not going to make the semifinals, but we want them to have a successful tournament. And what that looks like kind of varies, but, you know, if this leads to more funding and more exposure, I think that's a win just in general. And then my final players to watch. So for Germany, we have Lena Oberdorf. Again, if I butcher any names, I'm sorry. Um, Oberdorf is a star midfielder for Wolfsburg and one of many members of Wolfsburg in this team. She is a 21-year-old, part of Germany's new generation, and just a superstar midfield player. Like, she is so smart. She is so, like, dominant in the middle of the park. A player that could walk into any team and start for them. Oberdorf will be important. Can't wait to watch her at the World Cup. 
Next up, we have Ji Soo Young for, from South Korea. Ji Soo Young is South Korea's best player of all time. She's their all-time leading goal scorer, and she's a very integral, re integral reason that they've made three straight World Cups. This one, obviously, it's going to be a difficult group stage, but if South Korea gets out, don't be surprised if she finds her name on the score sheet or at the very least on the assist sheet. Next up, we have Linda Caicedo from Colombia. She's one of their top players. She happens to play for Real Madrid in Spain. Very impressive, very technically, technically good player, and one I'm excited to see on the World Cup stage here in 2023. And then finally, we have, again, I apologize if I butcher this, but the name is Gislan Chebak. I hope I did okay with that. Chebak was named player of the group stage at the Africa Cup of Nations from Morocco and obviously helped them qualify to the World Cup for the first time. If Shabak is able to replicate some of those performances she had at AFCON, maybe Morocco can squeak their way into second place in this group and advance alongside Germany. Again, it'd be shocking if Germany didn't advance in this group in first place. And so, that's it. That is all I got. My previews are done. The Women's World Cup is already underway, so if you aren't watching already, Please start watching as much as you can. I know for some places like mine, the time zone difference sucks, but try to watch the games whenever you can. And just in general, have fun. Have fun. Enjoy the tournament. It's a World Cup, and it's meant to be fun. It's meant to be exciting. And of course, make sure you come back to this podcast and listen to my live reaction episodes. Again, I'm hoping to have one out tomorrow, and then... I will have some throughout the tournament. I'll have more and more as the tournament goes on. Like, I'll have some following games in the quarterfinals and semifinals and stuff like that. For the group stage, I'm just going to have some as it goes along and just recapping games, recapping what happens, big storylines. And, of course, if there are any big upsets, you know I'm going to talk about them. But thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to this episode of The World's Game, a World Cup podcast. The music is from Pixabay. There will be new episodes throughout the Women's World Cup, so make sure you subscribe and don't miss a moment of the 2023 World Cup.